Let's put our hands together for our guests this evening, moderator Julian Alexander and our guest Brent Rollins. Thank you all for coming out tonight. Um, tonight we're here with Brent Rollins. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> a very, um, very solid designer whose work I've been familiar with for years. Um, he's done, he's responsible for a lot of incredible artwork. That's the only way I can put it. Um, I first became aware of your work many, many years ago with Ego Trip, the mm -hmm. magazine that... Um, <clears throat> As a fan of rap music, I, you know, I followed. It was a very solid um, magazine as it related to the content and the design. Tell me a little bit about Ego Trip and what your role was there. Um, well, Ego Trip started off as an independent magazine uh, in 1994, a very, very long time ago, <laughs> in, a, in a different place, uh, a different New York. Um, but it was it was kind of like a it was it was actually a hip hop and rock magazine or kind of like a pre skater almost like the kind of things that kids now kind of take for granted. So we had the opportunity in the magazine to talk about a lot of different types of music, and I think that sort of idea of being able to talk about different types of music that was still urban and still street and whatever allowed me or gave me a sense of freedom to do other things because I think one of the I think when I was younger particularly I think for hip hop stuff there was a sense of restriction or a lot of stuff was it, it was like a developed culture but I always felt like I wanted to like add something else to it because there was other things that I was influenced by and I still loved the music so much but I wanted to try something else I think so for, for, to work on the magazine was was an opportunity to do that and to work with a bunch of guys who were kind of like top in their, their field because the, the magazine, for those who don't know, <clears throat> it was started by a gentleman, Sasha Jenkins, uh, Elliot Wilson, and then uh, Jeff Mao, Chairman Mao, and uh, Gabriel Alvarez later, and then myself uh, kind of joined the squad. But everyone was kind of like really good journalists. <clears throat> so... And, and everyone's kind of gone on to do different things. So it was, it was nice to be able to be with a group of uh, really creative and talented people who had this sort of same perspective. So this was kind of like an opportunity. Ego Trip was an opportunity to do, for us to do things that we've always kind of wanted to do. Eventually, we, it begat like all kinds of different projects. And it started as a magazine, but it, it grew into you, you guys have put out books. You did mm -hmm. a television series as well. So Yeah, it was weird. We, we you know, I, I kind of... I kind of like I kind of liken it a little bit to like Monty Python in a sense that like there was like this crew of guys and they were really talented comedians and then there was and I'm not equating myself but just I looked to like Terry Gilliam who was in Monty Python as like an example because he was also part of that crew but he was like the visual guy. So he was a person sort of responsible for doing all the crazy cartoons and all the really surreal animation that you'd see on the shows. <clears throat> and so that was, I always felt like that was like my role, was like the guy who was sort of like, let me figure out like how to put all this together and how to present this in sort of like an interesting way. You know, because a lot, of, I mean, not so much the magazine, not so much the magazine stuff that you see here, but like, 
other stuff within the magazine and the sensibility and the, the sense of humor and then the things that we were doing with the TV shows and the animations and stuff that we en ended up doing and uh, even like the reality shows that we were doing had this kind of weird skewed sense of humor and I kind of looked at myself as like an, I, I, liked, I took that on as an, an opportunity to do some kind of surreal, funny, odd kind of hip hop stuff as well. Right. I first became, <clears throat> I first became aware of you through Ego Trip, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> you had been established as a designer well before that. You designed logos and title treatments for films. Mm -hmm. I later learned that you did the type treatment for Boys in the Hood. Um, Mo Better Blues was your first kind of real mm -hmm. produced work. Um, how did, you, you said you did that stuff at like 19 years old. How yes, did that yes. help set you up and, and starting at that time, I ha I've had the benefit of seeing some of your sketches mm -hmm. and I know that you did a lot of hand work and I see it carries into, I think I can see those elements in the work that you do now. How does, how do you approach your work and, and is it important to you to put your hands on the things that you do to give it a, cer a certain feel? Um, well, to, to start off, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that my father was, or is rather, uh, an artist and a creative person. And he's done many things. I've, and I realize, like, I've emulated or used him also as an example as far as my own life to do a bunch of different things. <clears throat> and he, he uh, one of the things he did was, I mean, when he was a kid, he was an illustrator, and, or he, he drew. And so there was always this idea of art in my house. And it was okay to be an artist, and it was okay to draw and figure out ways to express myself and whatever. So that's the beginning. But I didn't know that there was a way to do it as a profession. And I think, like, it started off, like, in, in high school, just, like, um, working on, like, a school newspaper and learning layout from the school newspaper, actually. And then um, I was... My life has been, like, a series of, like, fortunate events in almost like a... Like, I call myself kind of like Forrest Gump in a way just because I happen to be in certain places sometimes. So I was lucky enough that, like, one of my friend's sister was cast, uh, the casting director for Spike Lee. So for when, when... So through her, when Do the Right Thing was wrapping up, basically, and they were doing the posters and stuff, I met the art director who worked on all Spike Lee stuff, and I said, that's what I want to do, you know? Like... Never having, I mean, outside of my father, but he's like my dad, so I didn't really think of him in that way. But I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. So he kind of, uh, Art Sims, uh, who's still doing stuff today, I think he did like Red Tails recently, or he art directed that. But um, that was like the opportunity. He kind of put me to work um, coming up with sketches and logos and stuff just because I had an idea. And I wasn't that, looking back, you know, I... I I, I wasn't that good, or I was like, I was okay, but I had like ideas and stuff, and he was, he at least gave me the opportunity to, to come up with stuff and learn like the idea about research. You know, I think now it's very, uh, you take Google for granted, you know, just look up something on the internet and boom, you found it. But I had to go to bookstores and look at like, for, for Mo Better Blues, like it had a different title. It was like, the original title was like Love Supreme. So it was like based off of like a John Coltrane record. So looking at like John Coltrane, so it's just this whole sort of process that I had to learn in, in, in doing all this stuff. And then, so I do more better blues and then there's more stuff kind of follows, luckily, yeah. The research pays off because, you know, I can see the root of 
um, you're, you're, re- you're studying and you're referencing <clears throat> in the work. And the strong graphic style that you have developed has helped you to transition into other things, like the T-shirts that you mm-hmm. have designed with Stussy and, and different projects in that way. How have, you ha- how have you... Do you approach a graphic for a T-shirt in the same way that you approach a logo project? Um... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, I've gotten to a point where I like to make graphics. You know, I like design. I like it says in the video where I look. That's like six years ago. So I was like mad young. I'm like yo, I look crazy. Like look crazy young in those pictures in the video. Um, can you rephrase the question? Like, just do you the same? research that you put into doing a logo project and uh-huh. kind of checking styles and, and references, time appropriateness, the sensibilities mm-hmm. of what your subject is. Do you approach graphics in the same way when you're working on a t-shirt? Oh, yeah, you know what? The, yeah, the one thing I, I kind of realize when I work on stuff is I don't know if it's just me personally or I haven't really asked some of my other designer friends about it, but graphics styles or like a language, you know? And it's like if anybody's like studied a language, it takes you a while to become proficient or fluent in the language. So studying and looking at stuff and redoing and redoing and redoing and, you know, it's like, you know, when you first start out as a designer, you look at so many different influences and you kind of say, oh, this is interesting, this is interesting, this is interesting, this is... Design, writing, film, whatever sort of your creative thing is, you know, you, you kind of latch on to certain people or whoever and you sort of just you get into it and you're like, this is, I, I want to find out how they, how they do that. Like, how, you know, so it's like a whole learning process. You know, it's a whole like familiarization process because like, so then getting back to doing it, doing a design for a t-shirt, I have to like think about like, I take that process and I think about like, what do I want to wear or what I think like somebody would want to wear or what kind of looks cool or whatever. Um, strange. Sometimes it's strange. Like that's kind of strange. You know, I thought that was just an interesting graphic and if someone wants to take it there, then, you know, fine. They'll, they'll do something a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit odd. Um, but I, that's I, for something like that. That was actually when I started thinking about like, what, what does it look like versus just sticking on a, a design onto the middle of the shirt. It's like, what does the whole piece look like? Right, you know? so you have it running across the shoulders, yeah, yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. positioning just to make it. Yeah, different. so it's not it's not just a graphic that can be it can't exist on anything. It's like it's very specific to the thing, and that's like getting older, learning. It's not just about how cool something looks. It's like how does the whole thing work? Thank you. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> Do you <clears throat> when you first got started, album covers was the goal for you to get to work yes. with work in music and work with artists um, do you have that same approach of trying to you know when you were talking about t-shirts a second ago you want to make things that you would like things you would want to wear do you bring that same did you bring that same approach to album packaging when you finally did get involved with making album covers yeah yeah um, when I started getting involved with doing album covers I was working with some guys from uh, from the Bay Area um, this, they have it's like what were they called they were called like soul sides back then now they're called like quantum but 
it was this crew. It was like DJ Shadow and uh, like Blackalicious and Lyrics Born and these guys. And they were doing independent hip-hop kind of before a lot of other people were doing independent hip-hop or independent records, rather. And <clears throat> their whole thing was like, we don't want our records to look like other records like in the store. They, they wanted their stuff to look different. They wanted people to notice them. And that was kind of like, when they were independent, that was like their only uh, uh, arsenal. You know, or that was the only kind of uh, thing that they had, because there wasn't uh, uh, there wasn't any opportunity for people to listen to the music on the internet. There wasn't any sort of like way for them to stand out or people to take notice of them, except for their album covers. So that was like a godsend to give me the opportunity to say, okay, hmm, all right, what can I do, or how can I approach something to let these folks stand out? You know, um, so that 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 was really cool, and and. Um, so that was, that was the first step. And then the second step was <clears throat> really being a fan of other types of music and, and, being, and seeing album covers, Stevie Wonder, Beatles, whatever. Like being exposed to that stuff and seeing like this whole sort of history of really amazing packaging. And they, those artists, had the same dilemma. They were like, we've got this 12 inch or 13 inch square, and how do we make people interested in this, this record? You know, Maybe they've heard it on the radio or something like that, but how do we get people to get excited about it? And, and you know, they would do all these really crazy, interesting packaging and you know, stuff would fold out or there'd be posters or you know, uh, die cuts and whatever. And that's an, that was an influence. Like, to, to have the opportunity to do something like that with the stuff that I did for SoulSide slash Quantum was very exciting. Was it difficult to sell your ideas since you were doing artwork that was so different <clears throat> from what was out at the time? It's not difficult to sell your ideas when people come to you because at a certain point, they're, they're saying, what can you do for me? I mean, everyone is like, what can you do for me? But like, they're a little bit more like, we want you to do something different for us, you know? Um, so that wasn't so hard. I think, you know, there's always gonna be something that they're just not gonna wanna do. Um, it's not like they give you complete like carte blanche on stuff, but there's going to be, um, there's gonna be victories when people come to you, when you do stuff that people like, you know? The stimulus package that mm -hmm. you did for Freeway and Jake One, that album. <clears throat> the artwork, I thought was, um, it fit, but it was kind of unexpected in the sense <clears throat> that you, you took money, which I had seen. I've approached myself in packaging. I've seen people do it many times in many different ways, but you, you gave a fresh approach to it. And not only that, you had, for, I was surprised by the special packaging that the independent label was oh, able to right. put towards that. Right. Was that... Did that take a lot of convincing on your part? On my part, they had to convince me to do it. Like, um, yeah, it was, that's a, again, that's like a really great opportunity. And I think the, the label Rhyme Sayers had been, um, the dude's uh, Sky, who's a really funny dude. He's a really just nice guy to talk to on the phone. Like, he had been kind of bugging me to do some stuff for them. And for various, well, for various reasons. I never got a chance to do stuff or wasn't able to work on things. And they were like, yo, we got Freeway. You know, this is like, this label is like a very small 
not very small, but it's a pretty small independent label like based in, in uh, Minneapolis. And they got Freeway. They got like, you know, Rock Nation. Like, that's crazy, right? Because he, he had, like, Freeway was doing something with uh, this producer, Jake One. Mm-hmm. So they had this, this, this great sort of uh, rapper-producer relationship, which doesn't really happen that much. Or, you know, it's, there used to be like the DJ and the rapper. and you know, just so to this have was, an exclusive Yeah, yeah, to just do album one album, like, like just two dudes. Um, so they thought that they had something really special based on some stuff that they had done, that these guys had worked on prior. And um, they always, the, the label itself, themselves, always want to do something a little bit different. Like they, they understand the value of packaging in the same way that the stuff that I did years ago for the Quantum label, they wanted their stuff to stand out. So they were like, yo, can, you know, we want to do something different and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, the album's called Stimulus Package. And like, immediately, like, you can't help but think of money. You know, so it, it was like, that's a, like a no-brainer. I'll just do money. Like, it's rap. I'm going to do money, you know. Um, but then during the development of the process, it became, like, they kept, like, I kept thinking, like, I'm so used to people telling me no, you know, that, like, they were like, no, nah, do more, do more. Like, like, I came up with, like, two different, I think the, the final result was actually two different ideas. Like, you could do this or you could do this. You know, like I kind of figured out, like, hey, we can make it a wallet. Meaning, like, the wallet. We can make it a yeah, because I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's. What's the package? The package is like this big dollar bill with all the liner notes on it, and then it's wrapped around actually uh, a wallet, the regular Digipack CD wallet, and then it's uh, bound together like a look. So it looks like a knot of money, but then you can open it up, and then you can actually put the money in the wallet. So you, you know, it's like it's like this whole complete thing. But it was really going to be like a knot of money or it was going to be a wallet. Right. And they're like, yeah, let's do both. I'm like, no, no way. It's like, you guys want to spend the money for this? Like, yeah. They're like, yeah, let's do We looked into it. It doesn't cost that much. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's do it. So that was cool. You know, you don't, the, you don't really get that many opportunities, especially if someone's like, here's, yo, let's do it. Like, you know, like I'm so used to people saying no or to, to do some extra packaging. And it was cool. Like, the response was, re- like, a little mini phenomenon in a weird way because, you know, they did, a, they did a video and they showed the whole packaging opening and people are, like, on bulletin boards and thugs are like, oh, I'm going to get this record and blah, blah. It was just like, that's crazy. Like, like you know, like, gangsters getting excited about packaging, you know? <laughs> and, you know, the album didn't... The album, the artwork doesn't make the music better. But it, it somehow, it, it definitely added to it. Like, it was part of the experience to, I me, think, to have the album, not just, not you know, only to have the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but I think there's a relationship between stuff, you know, like, would I enjoy the Far Side album, their first album, as much if they didn't have that crazy roller coaster painting? I like the music, but that... That took them, that made them something else. It's the whole experience. Yeah, it's like, you know, like, uh, would the Rolling Stones be the Rolling Stones without the Lips right. logo? It's technically, yeah, the music is the same, but it becomes this whole persona. It's like, that's what you get excited about. Like, as a, like my, everything that I do has always been, like, the perspective of a fan. So I remember what it's like to enjoy music. And I remember what it's, you know, like to get excited about something, to get really passionate about something. When you're, particularly when you're young, I remember my father told me, 
I remember I was in, in a, uh, riding in a car with him once, and, and uh, we're at the stoplight, and someone kind of pulls up. These girls, like, in the, they're, like, in the car, and they're, like, listening to some music, and they're dancing and singing. And my dad was kind of laughing, because he was like, wow, there was a point in your life where music means so much. And, I, and I'm, in my mind, I'm like, yo, how could music never, how can music stop meaning something to you? As I'm older, maybe I understand a little bit more, but that idea of the music meaning so much was really, it meant a lot to me, you know, because you want, you know, you want something to get excited about, right. you know, like we're looking, we're, when, especially when you're young and you're probably the biggest consumer of music, like, yo, what's that about? Like, whatever, 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 you know, like, depending on, you know, regardless of how people, some people might feel about like Odd Future or ASAP or whatever, they have really distinct personalities and presentations. Right. You know what I mean? Like Public Enemy, very distinct pers- you know, presentation. Chuck D was like very deliberate about like, this is how we look. This is our person, uh, you know, he's a, he was, you know, he did graphic design. Right. He was like, this is how Public Enemy is gonna be presented. Boom. It's the visual as, language you were visual, talking about. And yeah, as a kid, I ate it up. Right. You know, so that's my responsibility as a designer is to channel that energy and that excitement, that passion into the packaging, into what people are, you know, like we're conductors of this and these people. And we're supposed to figure out a way to make sense of what this person's saying and how to reach these people and, and what's in between. Right. So that's exciting to me. Or that's, that's what I enjoy doing. And also... You know, I think as you spoke in the beginning about passion and, and creating, you do murals and collaging, and that's something that you're very known for as well, which in many ways I've, I had thought of as totally separate, but I see how you apply them in different environments. The murals that you have in, like, Undefeated, for instance, or mm-hmm. some of the pieces you've been commissioned to make. Do you ever... Are you ever hesitant to do things that seem to be so much more personal to you in, in a different context? Um, it's very easy to be doing something as an assignment because you can kind of hide behind it. And I always kind of figure out, me personally, like how to sneak in my own point of view or whatever. I've been, again, I've been lucky, or fortunate, rather, to be connected and meet people who say, hey, Brent, we like what you do and we want you to do more of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and also doing something well, either, or, or rather, doing something that people respond to and hopefully you like it as well, let's put it that way. Like, it puts this responsibility on you to like carry through with that and continue to do that. And um, so once you put something out there, you see what happens. So for like these, these murals, that, was, that goes back to the Black Alicious album cover because that wasn't, when I got the opportunity to do that, it was like, excuse me, Brent, I want you to do something you haven't done. I want something that you want to do. Give me the freedom to do that. Give you the freedom, I give you, you know, or you have the freedom to do something that other people say you can't do or, or never let you do. So I did something, and then, but that resonated with other people. 
So when it was time when Eddie Cruz at Undefeated was formulating his idea for these, this store, there was only one store at one time, he had approached me about stuff and I did some, some logos and stuff that didn't happen, but it was okay. And then like he opened a second store and he was like, hey Brent, I really liked that Blacklicious cover. We want to open the second store and want you to do something that's totally you. You know, you know what our thing is, it's just sports. That's our, our vibe is sports. You know, it's a sneaker store, but our vibe is sports. But do what you, do something that you want to do. And I was like, wow, mural, that's kind of crazy. Okay, that's, that, that's cool because it's an opportunity to do something I, I, that I wasn't doing as far as like, everything was like album covers and whatever. So now I get to explore like the idea of space and, 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 and physical environment. So it was like, this is pretty nerve wracking. You know, like, because then it becomes like, wow, now people are going to experience this in a different sort of context, you know. But then I was like, oh, no, I know what I want to do. And I called him, you know, I hit him right back like the next day and did, and did that. So it was cool. It's like I was able, again, I'm, I feel like I'm fortunate that I was able to transition because I also saw the music, as you know, can be very, uh, it can be fickle and it can be, it can be, it can be fickle and it can be a trickle as far as like the amount of work that comes in, you know. Um, so I wanted to explore other things just because creatively also I felt like I wanted to go in different directions um, so that was an opportunity to do something that was a little bit more art based I guess if you want to it's, 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 it's a commission for a store my style or my approach for them but it's within that very small I mean artists have been commissioned to do things so I don't think there's anything wrong with that it's still very much me you know even if it has a, a general theme that's relevant to the space to the store um, but that was a great experience yeah it's gotta be exciting to like just walk in and oh, experience great. your work yeah. in, in, at yeah. that scale yeah, in, yeah. In walk like 43 feet of Brent like that was <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was pretty. It was, it was it was nice, but it but it, but it's funny because it also whets your appetite to go. Oh, I should do art, right. in a certain sense. Just like oh, this is what it's like to express myself, without the idea of other. You know, I'm not hiding through a musician, or, you know, their album and stuff. Currently, you're an art director at Complex, mm -hmm. and you know, I've I've noticed the change in the artwork recently. Just you know, you. You've kind of put your mark on it. Um, I noticed from the type treatment that's changed um, in, in recent, I don't know how recently, maybe a year. It's been a year, yeah. About a year ago. So um, the frequency, you know, you started in magazines from Rap Pages to Ego Trip, and now you're back at a different, a magazine that functions on a different scale. How yeah. do you, yeah. how does that affect the content of your artwork? This is a little bit different because complex, I, I'm a lot more hands off in the sense of like the stuff that prior to that, except for maybe the photography that might be used, um, a lot of it was me touching and me shaping and me actually doing collages and me and me and me and me. And me. Not, not me, 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 but just like I put a lot of myself into this. And this is more, like, complex is really more like learning how to delegate to other people 
and learning how to express my ideas and let other people execute them and let them learn from that also. Like I try to be a teacher because to, to, to my designers and as, as much as I can teach. Um, but it's a it's just a different it's a different process because the magazine is a little bit it's it's a little more mainstream than it's definitely more mainstream than Ego Trip you know um, Ego Trip we just you know we did whatever we wanted um, and we you know it's it's just it's different it's, it's different objectives for complex and it reaches a way bigger audience so there's a responsibility for that. But there's also like still a desire to do things. It's just the schedule doesn't enable me to do some of the things that I also would have done in the past. But it's satisfying to be able to work with, with people and say, this is what I'm trying to do, or this is where we're trying to go with this. This is what we're trying to express and trying to make it happen. You know, I mean, it's like a film director doesn't actually stand behind the camera. He's not setting, you know, it's like he delegates, but you call a film that comes out by somebody a film by so-and-so, right? So it's the same kind of deal. And that's another phase, I think, for, like for me personally, like, and it's also like I think just what is, it's, you have to learn how to, how, to, how to express your ideas to other people. I think that's a better, I don't know, it makes, for me, I think it makes a better designer. Absolutely. Because we're, like, we're also very solit solitary. Mm -hmm. Like we work by ourselves so much. And, and um, there's also a point where I'm like, yo, I need to, I need to talk to people. You know, like, it just becomes... And feed off of each other. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not in a studio environment, particularly, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you know, and also, it's also fun because I like to go to photo shoots. I like to say, hey, let's do this. And I like to work with other people. So that's where the enjoyment of working at Complex comes from. When we talked prior to this discussion, you spoke a lot about exploration and just seeing where your artwork takes you. Um, I personally found that to be very inspiring because I think it's important to be open to ideas and kind of just sometimes sit down and start doing something and not know what the end destination is um, mm -hmm. and just kind of see what happens. And to that end, I've seen a lot of the artwork that you've produced on your own. Um, some seems to be things that you just did to express yourself. Some I've seen manifest itself in, in design projects that you've had. How do you, how do you approach creating art? Like, do you do things ultimately just to, as exercises that you know will yeah. find, themselves, yes. find themselves into your jobs? Or do you, do you keep things kind of personal and separated at a point too? Do I keep things separated? What yeah, like artwork. Is, are there things that you do that are only for Brent Rollins and never for clients? Or, are, or is all of it for the, for the cause of, you know, just creating and, and sharing it and putting it out in the world? I think it's just creating because even the stuff that I do for clients, like, I enjoy it. So it is about the idea of sharing. It's about saying, okay, I'm able to do this, you know, and I can do it for you, you know. Um, there's a point where, you know, you, I think we talked about, like, doing, being a designer, like, 
there's a certain amount of selflessness about it in the sense of like I'm always in this or even servitude I don't know like I'm always working for somebody you know um, which I guess could like I'm saying could be selfless in the sense like hey I want to do this for you but then it's like yeah you want to figure out ways to express yourself you, you have to get there by you have to you have to you have to make other things you have to it gets you excited because yeah then you can get you can get in a rut where you're just doing the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. And that's not very interesting. And there's always, there's the whole, there's a whole world outside. And there's all this cool stuff. And I'm like, oh, how do they do it? It goes back to like, how do they do this? How do they do this? Like, like still as a kid, looking at other people's stuff and being like, wow, how do they do this? I want to try to do this. I want to try this. Or I like that basic idea. Let me play with this, you know? Um, I encourage people, to, I don't, I mean, I, like, some designers are very much like, I do this, I do this, or I only do one thing, or, or not, not, or they're very specific. And I will try to have moments where I get away, either I get away from the computer, or definitely when I was younger, I did, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't a computer necessarily. I used to do stuff with tape, you know, and, 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 and tearing up tape and putting it together and whatever. Um, you have to play, because if you have an artist's eye, it's about like looking at something and saying, oh, that looks, Look at that. That was like, you know, you have to make happy accidents. You, you have to experiment. Like if you, if you're, uh, if your thing is food and you're in the kitchen, you know, oh, let me, let me see what happens when I put this in there. Or let's, let me add some feta cheese or, you know, like, <laughs> um, you never know what you're going to come up with. And, and that's exciting. You know, like um, this stuff, like that was the result of, different explorations independent of the project. So again, going back to learning a language. Yeah, learning a language and just like becoming familiar with what's it like to do these straight lines or what's it like to do these kind of clashing lines and whatever, 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 and playing with that, putting it aside. Yeah, it looks cool. Like I have stuff just on that I've saved up that's just weird. And, And allowing yourself to make mistakes Allowing yourself to make really ugly stuff, you know, like it's 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 okay to mess up, you know. You don't want to. You know, there's stuff, <laughs> there's stuff professionally that looks awful that I've done. You know, I'm not. I don't show it, but like it's okay. It's like this, this, it was all part of a process, you it, know. It leads you to the stuff. That it leads you to the stuff that works. you want. Yeah, and it's like okay, well, I'm not doing that again. You know. Um, so yeah, ex- like exp- ex- exploring and experimentation is it, it gets it takes you back to being a kid because when you're a kid you what's the world about you know let me try this oh what's that about i'll you know you're gonna get burned if you you know if you're a kid at some point but that's what it's about it's kind of fun thank you thank you thank you very much i'm glad we had this opportunity to talk about stuff and um I gained a lot from hearing your perspective on how you do your work, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. We have time for some Q&A. If you have a question for Brent, I'm going to come around with a microphone. Just wait for me to come over to you. Are you doing any work on the Ego Trip Land website, or do they just kind of take what you did and are running with it? Because it still has the same aesthetic as the magazine. So how involved are you in the site? I'll be honest. That site is a personal 
point of frustration for me right now. Um, it's getting addressed, but um, there are times when, I mean, I, I work on stuff occasionally, yeah, like when time allows little small things, but like the general site itself, I worked on it, it needs, I think it's, it was pre, allowing myself to make mistakes, you know, and not knowing anything about what a website is and stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I'm sorry if I'm apologizing for it. I, I personally am just like, um, but yeah, I work, yeah, yeah, I work on it when I can, you know. Um, but, it, but it's cool, actually, because it's like a learning, it's a learning process. So now I'm like, oh, okay, this is, what, this is actually how a website functions, and this is what works, and whatever, 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 the way it looks. And then um, the structure of it is actually, we've learned uh, things about, web design and stuff like that. So all those things will eventually be uh, taken care of. But it's, it's all, again, it goes back to just everything's like a learning process. Yeah. Let me talk to Greg. <laughs> Greg is like, I don't have a film. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions, guys? Hey, Brent. <laughs> so, since your time at Complex, what has helped you change your mentality from being that hands-on designer to delegating? It's necessity. Right. Um, you know, the, the schedule at the magazine is crazy because there's a lot of other stuff happening. There's, there's, uh, there's websites and there's new projects that are going on in the company. <clears throat> so you can't really, I can't, I, you know, I can't do everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm so used to, to being solitary and doing everything. We're having, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's a reality, but it's also a challenge because it's like, okay, what can I accomplish within this parameter? You know, like, like how can I, what can I get out of this situation? You know, um, so uh, that's, I don't know, did I answer the question or? <laughs> I have another question for you. You, <clears throat> when you work with found art as you do often in the collages and pieces like that, that's a different, a totally different experience than working with photo shoots and, and some of the, you know, the things that you do when you create or generate an idea that exists in your head. Do you have a preference of how to, one you like to do more than the other? I have like an idea and I just kind of go there. Like, I don't know, are there artists Illustrators here, like, does anybody draw? You draw. Do you draw, when you draw, is it free, or does it, like, what do I come, like, is it just like, hey, I'm going to see where it goes? If I'm in a rut, like you said. Sorry. If I'm in a rut, I tend to draw more free to get myself out of that rut to get ideas, but often I'll illustrate something specific because there's something that I want to do. So it depends if it's more of an exploration versus a specific project. Does it look like what you had in your mind? Often not, but sometimes that's the better result. You right, know? yeah, you know. Um, the finding objects allows you to sort of see something that you never saw before. 
Like you have like a, you have a gist of something, and then it's like, I can't find this thing. You know, like I'll go through magazines or I'll go through whatever, and I'm like, you know, because I do a lot of collage stuff, so it's like, okay, I want to do whatever, like a lizard jumping into a Cadillac. You know, like I can't find the right lizard picture or something, or maybe I'll find a Cadillac that's not what I thought angle-wise, but I'm like, oh, this is really dynamic, and this is actually kind of interesting. Like, okay, so let me readjust my expectations. I'll use this. Okay, so maybe now I can't find a lizard in this position. You know, I'll find a lizard that's doing this or something. So it keeps you engaged, and it keeps you sort of interested. You know, like, it's, it's like, um, I've said this, like, it's, you know, it's like, like it's like DJing or it's like producing like if you're making music it's kind of like or if it's like sampling oh this sounds really cool what sounds what does this puzzle piece go well with you know um, that's that like that exploration that goes back to that exploration just like oh wow this is cool this is like I never expected this you know um, so yeah I mean to answer your question <laughs> like does that make sense or uh, yeah I get it you just you see what happens. You go with the flow and you stay yes. open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no real preference. It's just where it takes um, you. You know, I, I, I wish I was more confident in my drawing ability because I think sometimes it's... I mean, I can draw a little bit, but it's like it, I can draw somewhat so I can get in, do enough to get by. I think it's important to draw, to know how to draw. Um, and sometimes it, makes, it would make life easier. Um, but for me, it's... That's where I have found my creative voice is in primarily collaging stuff. So that's the path that I've chosen. So it's like, you know, it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so this is not the ideal question, but I'm always curious because you've been doing this for quite some time, just like Julian's been. These questions always come up that golden project, the project that you haven't got yet, but that you would love to work on, that one thing you would say that, you know, it's not about money, it's, not, it's just creative freedom. You said it's not so much about doing your own personal projects, but there's artists or advertising cabinet, just that one project you sit and say, yeah, I would love to sink my teeth into that one. Is there one of those for you? Um, I think anything that's really big and allows me to grow like creatively, that's it. If it meant, hey, let's make a film or do something else, let's do an animation and project it on Times Square or something, then that would be exciting. I don't have like one particular like dream client necessarily anymore. I think maybe when I was younger, there was that idea, you know. Um, <laughs> um, it's just the opportunity to say, do something really cool, you know, like the Freeway album. Like I hadn't done really album covers in a, mil in a, in a while necessarily, but it was like, hey, you want to do something cool? Yeah, I want to do something cool. Yeah, no, no, do something cooler. Like that's not cool enough. Do something like, cool, I'm with it, you know? So uh, anything that sort of like opens doors creatively, I think that's, that's for me right now is the dream project. It could be for Tylenol, you know what I'm saying? Like, it could be something boring, like conceptually, or, but if it was like, we want to do something crazy, I'm with it. Like, I'll do something crazy, you know? 
go. All right, guys, we have time for two more questions. Uh, yeah, how you doing? Do you still do um, individual projects in addition to your duties at Complex? And yeah, I guess that's my question. Do I still do individual projects? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, meaning like freelance projects? Correct. Or? Correct. Yeah, when I can find the time. It's, it's difficult right now. Um, just because I'm complex takes up so much of my time. Um, there's always weekends, and I still have I still have like clients that I occasionally do stuff for. They still won't let me, you know, let me go. <laughs> um, yeah, if if it's but I, but the good thing is actually like I'm more selective now for, for a having a job, and I don't have to worry so much about money, um, or be so have to juggle so much rather, and then also be. Um, I'm at a point that I've been doing this long enough that I feel like I don't, I'll be a little bit more selective about stuff. If it's really worthwhile, then if it sounds really worthwhile, if it sounds really interesting, if there's a way for me to get on board, then I'm happy to get on board. But I don't really seek out individual stuff too much anymore just for those reasons. You know. How was uh, the installation at Undefeated done? Um, from beginning to end, I mean, it's, it starts off with uh, it starts off with just doing research for the images and, and having the idea like I wanted to have all these athletes fighting, like every different type of athlete fighting, and um, finding finding old images. And I'm real particular about like you know it's like sample clearance. Like I'm like I'm not going to pick something that like is really obvious, you know, or very clear. And I'll and I'll figure out or I might chop off the lower half and use the top half of something and change the legs or do this. So I try to, I try to manipulate it as much as possible. So it starts with that and creating the uh, initial image. Then, it, then it's like, yeah, working on the files and dealing with like an architect or dealing with a, an interior designer who's going to basically diagram out the space and say, this is our sort of parameters. Like for the stuff with Undefeated, they knew that they wanted to put in like shelves and, and all this other stuff. So I actually, you know, they, they sort of mapped out what the space was going to look like. So the shelves are whatever. I actually incorporated the lines of the shelves or the planes of the shelves into the first mural that I did for them in the sense of like there's athletes running and they are running on the shelves. You know, like they're they're sort of on the, the same planes. There's stuff that crosses, but I'm like I'm 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 looking at like that sort of parameter and trying to design to that. It's it design, even though it's it's art, it's still design. You know, um, and then once that's done, create this file, and then they they um the the cool thing about like uh, you only have to make it so big. Like it's if you printed it out, it's like maybe that big, right? But when you blow it up, like your eye doesn't care. Like if you go to up to a billboard on the street, all the dots and pixels are huge, you know. But this far away, like whatever, like who's over there? Um, H and M. Yeah, I, you know, there's probably gigantic dots, but you can't tell from here. So they print out these huge, giant uh, vinyl sheets, and they they have a, a crane in the store, and 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 a very capable crew of people who print everything out, they color correct it, they, make sure they do little tests, they make sure that the color looks right, because there can be all kinds of mistakes that happen in that process. Um, 
and then they, they, they proceed to start rolling the stuff down and they fix the seams and it's just, it's crazy. When you, it's like when you watch them do it, it's kind of like, wow, this is some real advanced, because it sounds easy, but it, there's a lot of room for a mistake. <laughs> so um, yeah, this, that's the process and then boom, it's done. Yeah. Cool, okay. thank you very much for coming out. Thank you. Let's give it up for our guest tonight.